Calling all Swifties and champions of change, Like a Girl Media is rolling out the red carpet for you with our Thrive Like a Girl contest. We're all about celebrating powerful women leaders who inspire us to dream big and push boundaries. And who embodies that spirit more than Taylor Swift herself? Here's your chance to see her live in concert. We're giving away two tickets to Taylor Swift's show in London on Saturday, June 22nd. Imagine being part of the magic, all thanks to Like a Girl Media. Entering is easy. Subscribe, share, and show us which episodes inspired you the most. Visit our website or check our social media for all the details. Don't just dream it, be it. Thrive like a girl and make this summer unforgettable. Contest opens globally. Voidware prohibited. Must be 18 or older to enter. No purchase necessary. Subscribe and share with hashtag thrive like a girl and tag us at like a girl underscore media for entry. Unlimited entries means unlimited chances. Winner chosen at random after contest closes May 20th, 2024. We'll be notified via DM. Make sure your profiles are not private. Check full rules on our site. This is your shot to see Taylor Swift live. Don't miss it. Lisa Stevens Anderson. I'm the president of the MSO Division for Equality Health. We can learn something from every situation that we're in. And that's what sometimes at the end of the day, if he's like, oh, that was a tough day, then just go, okay, well, what did I learn from this day? I consider what we're doing here at Equality Health. I've had fantastic jobs. I've been a part of fantastic organizations that I'm so proud to say that I worked with, but this is the pinnacle of my career. Today's episode is brought to you by Chirpy Bird Inc., where digital healthcare is their niche. Whether you're looking to implement remote patient monitoring in-house, start a chronic or principal care management program, or even leverage telehealth to optimize the delivery of care and outcomes for your patients and team, Chirpy Bird Inc. can help. They offer results-based solutions for practices and health systems to support docs and patients during this uncertain time. You can find them and all of their services online at chirpybirdinc.com. Hey there, and welcome to the Hit Like a Girl podcast, where we're dedicated to amplifying the career journey, accomplishments, and lessons learned of women everywhere. I'm your host, Joy Rios. And I'm your other host, Robin Roberts. During the day, together we run a health IT consultancy known as Chirpy Bird Inc., where we get to geek out on all things healthcare, technology, and policy. But along the way, Joy noticed that so many women were running organizations, but too few were leading or being recognized. So we decided to change that. Together, we're learning about the puzzle that is healthcare and sharing what we find with you, our listeners. You can expect us to be talking with some pretty badass women. We will even be exploring how the pandemic is impacting many of their professional lives this season. We've also formed a private community of both guests and listeners over on Slack to help make connections, offer support to one another, and share the resources we come across. If you want to join us, check out our website at hitlikeagirlpod.com forward slash community. This week's community shout out goes to Sharice Maynard. Sharice is possibly this show's biggest cheerleader and advocate, and we are so grateful for the behind the scenes efforts she puts in to keep this show growing. Join me in sending Sharice a high five and a virtual hug. All right, enough already. There are too many awesome women to talk with. Let's get started. This week, Joy sits down with Lisa Stevens-Anderson, the president of QPoint Health, which is a subsidiary of Equality Health based out of Arizona. Her work focuses on improving care delivery for underserved populations through culturally sensitive programs that improve access, quality, and patient trust. 
We learned a lot from Lisa and think you will too. So let's get started. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us today. We are really happy to have you on the show. We always open by talking about how complicated healthcare is and just this space, regardless of what your piece is in it, like there's something to learn and something to teach. It's like a thousand piece puzzle and we want to understand your piece of the healthcare puzzle. So would you mind taking a moment just to introduce yourself and maybe talk a little bit about your path into what it is that you do and how you got there. Yeah. Well, first, thank you, Joy. Thank you for having these conversations. I really enjoyed listening to your podcasts and kudos to you and Robin for putting them together. I think it's so important now more than ever in this you know, remote world that we find ourselves in. As you say, healthcare is such a complicated world and it's this giant puzzle and it's further complicated by the fact that we can't get in a room together. Yeah. So the more connections that we can make, the better. So thank you for that. And thank you for inviting me to the conversation. It's a pleasure. I, I love telling my journey and how I got to where we are. So and what do you do? Yeah, yeah. well, first of all, Lisa Stevens-Anderson. I'm the president of the MSO Division for Equality Health. So MSO, many of the audience probably knows that or has a different understanding of it. In traditional sense, a management services organization in healthcare has been devoted to the back office component of healthcare, where insurance organization might have an MSO pay their claims or a physician organization might work with an MSO to do their billing for them. We are a new company and we are specifically designed around the concept that every single person deserves equal access to quality healthcare, regardless of their race, their gender, or their zip code. For somebody who doesn't even know what MSO stands for, what does it stand for? Yeah, it is a management services organization. And our version or flavor of it, if you will, is specifically designed to make both health plans and providers successful in value-based care. Wonderful. Right, so our infrastructure and our operations is designed to bring resources to the independent practices. We have a care management team that wraps resources around those practices and vary those kind of those non-traditional healthcare resources that are just making us all so much more successful in this value-based world. We have bilingual field-based nurses, community health workers, pharmacists, we even have chaplains on our team. I love that. We learned a little bit about that. I think it was at HIMSS a couple of years ago about how chaplains got involved with speaking to their congregation to point them into different healthcare resources that were available for the community. Is that how you're using it? Then? Well, it's the way we think about healthcare at Equality Health in this value-based model is we are, it's very much a whole person model of care. So we think about it as the physical health, the mental health, and the social determinants of health. So we wrap our services around all those components. Let me just tell you a little story about how we use our team in the field. 
Last year, I did a ride along with one of our nurse chaplain teams, and it was after a gentleman had ED visit, right? He, we, through our technology, it's called Care and Power. It's quite remarkable. It's the most, it's really our secret sauce. We are alerted through our relationship with the um, health information exchange here in Arizona. It's called Health Current. It's phenomenal that one of our members had been to the ED. So that triggered an outreach to the member and a visit to his home from our nurse chaplain team. And I went along with them. So come to find out, he had had 10 ED visits in the last 60 days. Oh my goodness. Yes, right? And just just one of those that cries out for lots of different resources and in digging in, they spent time understanding, you know, which medications he was supposed to be taking where he put the medications if he even understood those medications and how to take them. They got him established with a primary care physician. They made that appointment while they were there in his home, which wasn't probably the type of home all your listeners lives in, right? Um, Just he obviously had lots of social determinant, you know, um, needs. They hooked him up with the resources to get a new wheelchair. At the end of that visit, the nurse also walked through, he had diabetes, you know, walked through some how to foods he should be eating, shouldn't be eating, you know, and we were with him for about two hours. And at the end of the visit, he asked the chaplain if we could all pray with him. That's so it's just, it serves that spiritual component that's so important for so many people. And we've also found that having that chaplain is an opening to the conversation about behavioral health resources, which is, is a barrier for so many people still to this day. So it's really been a, quite a remarkable part of our program. Now, I imagine that seeing the patient in their home gives you a completely different insight into their world and perhaps why he might have needed all those ED visits. Was there anything in particular, like he wasn't able to access his medicine or he wasn't reading you know, the instructions correctly? Is there anything that you could pinpoint as, that kind of helped connect the dots? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, once our team is able to really see those physical circumstances, they they have a whole assessment. They have a whole assessment that they go through to make sure that they're addressing not only those visible needs, but those invisible needs as well. And so while we have fastest growing provider network in the state of Arizona, we have, which includes very extensive behavioral health network, we have established something quite unique. It's a network of community-based organizations. It's called Link AZ. We have brought them together. They govern themselves. Again, through our technology, we are able to send referrals to those organizations. It is HIPAA-compliant referrals that We do a social determinant of health screening in the primary care office. We have a score to assess what their social determinant of health needs are. Wow. That information goes to the applicable agency that can meet their need, like for food. That's probably the most 
the most immediate one that comes to mind. So they have the information to outreach to that person directly to deliver a food box. That's great. Yeah. So is it a standardized assessment that is used in other states as well? It is a proprietary assessment that we have done here at Equality Health because it it also screens for their cultural needs as well. So we have found, we have done studies with ASU and found that those, you know, a large percentage of our members are Hispanic Mm -hmm. and those members that have indicated that they get their board, their healthcare, a portion of their healthcare across the border. Okay. We have found a higher propensity for those members to visit the ED more often. So wait, they need to be getting their health care over in Mexico? They choose to also go to Mexico or to get some medications over the border. Oh, gotcha. Or they are relying for them to be a member of our model. They are either a Medicaid or Medicare Advantage yeah. member. So they have or health exchange. But they're also choosing to get certain healthcare services across the border. So again, as we screen our members in the primary care offices and we find out that information, we can access them before they go to the emergency department. That's great. You know, something about linking all of those community resources, that seems so smart because that is one of, imagine one of the biggest challenges of, you don't, People don't even know what resources are out there and to have them all curated and aggregated is really unique. That's um thank you for saying that word curated. Our team that has done that has just been remarkable in I mean, there are resources out there. There's networks that say, you know, we address these needs. But there's thousands and thousands of organizations and it's hard for people to have to navigate that themselves. Mm -hmm. So within our care management team, that team understands who are the best resources, which ones are going to be responsive, right? Which ones can I make sure that that referral goes to? Do those organizations have to pass some sort of litmus test in order to be included in? Absolutely, absolutely. Our team you know, spends, I don't know, tens of hours, you know, with them, making sure that they understand what what's expected to be in that network, to be able to commit to using the technology, to give the information back so the care team and the PCP knows that that need was addressed. Okay. So now I'm really interested about you. You're the president of this company. How long has this company existed? It started in 2016. Okay. So, and I joined in October of 2017. I love that you use the word journey because, you know, I think a a journey indicates it's a, you're traveling from one path to another. And I never knew exactly where my career was going Same. going to go, right? I mean, I started working in healthcare I'm in college and I found myself very drawn to the business of patient care. Again, I focused, found myself just focusing on the job I was in 
excelling at the opportunity, learning as much as I could, and looking for opportunities that came my way. You're Uh, reminding me of some advice that somebody had given, which is like when people don't like their job, if you ever find yourself in a position that you're like, I don't like what I'm at, instead of what job I have, do better at it. Like your, your responsibility is to do the best you possibly can in that job to prepare you to move out into whatever is next for you. Yes. I love that because I remember I had a conversation with somebody once. I was new at an organization and somebody that was now reporting to me, the first time he met with me, he said, I want to be the president of this organization. You need to help me get there. And I looked at him, I said, well, then I suggest you start doing the best that you can at the job you have right now. Yep. That is just lessons learned. And something I would encourage the listeners to do is there are people that are going to help you in your career and you have to ask for help sometimes and you have to trust, you have to find those people that they see the potential in you before you even see the potential in yourself and seek out feedback. I've been fortunate in my career that I've had people that have been courageous enough to give me feedback that maybe it wasn't super fun to hear at the time, but has really, really served me, served me well. It's funny you say that because it's a conversation that's even come up for me this week, which is just like, sometimes you feel like it's criticism and you want to take it personally and be defensive, but there's often a nugget of truth in there. Mm -hmm. And if you can learn from it and really take it in and depends on oftentimes the delivery and exactly how somebody says it. But typically if they're courageous enough to share with you what they're thinking and their honest feedback, like you can hopefully leverage that into some sort of self growth. Yes. I think that's what you have to think about is maybe they don't, not everybody uses the words you want them mm-hmm. to use or says it in the way perhaps that that sounds palatable to your ear. But if you just take a minute or hours or days, whatever it is for you, and think about well, what's the intent in which the information was delivered. Yeah. And then say, what can I learn from that? You know, you've probably heard the adage, sometimes you can learn more from quote unquote, bad bosses and good bosses. Absolutely. That's just uh, something else to think about is we can learn something from every situation that we're in. And that's what sometimes at the end of the day, if he's like, oh, that was a tough day, then just go, okay, well, what did I learn from this day? I'm starting to learn to be thankful for even the tough times where you think, where I can think to myself, thank you for this opportunity for me to learn something. Yes. Yes. And that's hard. That is, it that is, is so hard, hard for us to do. You know, during this time, my family, we've had lots of together time, right? Some days we think it's too much together time. Sure. And the other night at dinner, my daughter, she's nine years old and unprompted said, this is my favorite time of the day. Dinner time. Dinner time. Lovely. And I said, why? And she said, we all get to be together. She said, my sister talks to me. (laughs) Her sister's 12. (laughs) And her sister doesn't talk to most of us on on certain days. (laughs) And mom, you're not on calls anymore. And we all get to be together. It just melted my heart. Attention. Yeah, that's great. Yes. Yes. Hey there. Sorry to interrupt. 
If you like the vibe of this podcast, you're going to love our private Slack community. It's super supportive, ladies-only pod where we offer real talk, real advice, and genuine engagement to our members to help them stay inspired and level up. To join, just go to hitlikeagirlpod.com forward slash community. All right, now let's get back to the show. COVID has kind of turned all of our lives upside down and our work. Can you talk a little bit about how the world has shifted for either you personally or professionally in the time of COVID over the last several months? Yeah, absolutely. I think upside down is a great word, right? Um, And I just, I think this time though has made me just so proud of the, my colleagues in the organization that that I'm at today. I mean, it's, you know, we went home when it was at mid-March, mm-hmm. right? That weekend, our physicians started calling our, our chief medical officer, Dr. Mark Steffen is a family practitioner. He just, he's remarkable. And they said, what do I do? I don't have anybody in my waiting room. You know, these are small business owners. Mm-hmm. How am I going to make payroll? I need help. So we had been testing, use a telehealth platform. We have two owned clinics. So we'd been testing that, that out, said, we're going to work out the kinks. And sometime in, in second or third quarter, we're going to roll it out to our independent network. Well, that translated, that was a Sunday. He called me Thursday of that week. We rolled out Zoom, HIPAA compliant Zoom for all our primary care docs. You're like, so, you're not, no time to, to plan. This is happening. Nope. Yep. Nope. And so we have field staff. They're called physician practice managers. We hire all former practice managers so they know what it's like to work in a practice. That's right? really important. And they rolled it out. They were doing trainings at six o'clock at night on Saturday at anything that that practice needed to get it up and running and get it worked into that workflow for the practice. So as soon as we got that, took a breather of a couple hours, and then we said, okay, now we have to teach our members how to do, how to access healthcare via telehealth. And so we did a, we did a toolkit for the providers. We did a toolkit for the practice managers. We did a toolkit for the members and we splashed a social media with the importance and of using telehealth. Now, then fast forward a couple months and the physicians called again and said, well, we want people to come start coming back into the office. And it's really important. People are starting to miss their immunizations, getting their Mm -hmm. screenings. And so we went the other way and we started campaigning and educating our members on, okay, how to do safe visits in the office and, you know, why it's so important that you don't miss those immunizations. So that is one thing that we did is roll out the, the telehealth. Another thing that we did is we have done a series of testing events. So if you, you know, testing has been quite challenging across the country, particularly here in Arizona. And so we partnered again through our equality care centers and a a lab partner, Sonora Quest Lab here in this market to do a series of testing events in areas of our city that have been particularly hit 
by COVID and did not have adequate testing resources. Again, this is our team being out there, you know, starting at five o'clock in the morning. It's 112 degrees and they, we thought we were going to have 200 people show up. We had a thousand people and our team did not leave till everybody got tested. They were there for over 12 hours. So they're not visiting homes anymore, but they're still out in the community making a difference. Yes. Yes. And we are just like everybody else. We're using Zoom and all the technology available to us to make sure people having access to the care that they need. And now, especially those behavioral health needs we're making sure those get addressed as well. Yeah. Well, so how so? In what ways does, do you guys implement that? Or how can you reach your communities, if you don't mind? Can you expand? Yeah, absolutely. So we do it in a variety of different ways. So first, from our members that are attributed to us through our contracts with our, we have value-based risk contracts with health plans. We have 225,000 attributed members, Medicaid Medicare Advantage and Exchange. And so we have a series of ways to identify those folks that are high risk, right? Not just for physical, but for um, their behavioral health issues. And we're doing quite a bit of proactive outreach. So especially during this time, our community health workers and our chaplains have been doing proactive, almost kind of wellness checks on those individuals. Again, if they... They have a, just like three questions that they ask. If there's any red flags identified during those conversations, then they facilitate an immediate appointment and referral to behavioral health. That's great. And another thing that we're doing, I don't know how long this podcast is, Joy, but we are, <laughs> we are doing so much. This is, and I love, love telling our story. We have done a series of, we call them cafecitos, so coffee talks. Cafecitos. Yes, with Equality Health. And these are events, we're doing them in English and Spanish on Facebook Live. And it's just, it's having conversations about those things that people don't know about or they're not talking about, right? So there's been a lot, particularly with our membership in the Hispanic population, we found a lot of myths around COVID. So dispelling those myths and talking about the importance of washing your hands and wearing masks and and then also talking about things like isolation. Yeah. And how to make those connections and how to do it safely. And here's some resources for you. So I recently, listeners may not know this, moved to Mexico. And so one of the phrases that I've learned along the way is uh, no pasa nada. It's nothing. I think it's kind of something that is used to to let people know that everything's going to be fine. And I would imagine that thought process of even around COVID, if you're like, oh, it's nothing. It's just, and it's, I think it's along the lines of, oh, it's just a cold. It's just a flu. You'll be fine. You'll get over it. I wonder if that has shown up any of your members. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think the other thing that's, you know, that's on their mind is despite perhaps what they hear or something, they still have to go to work. Yep. And so if they spend any time worrying about it, I mean, it's, they don't have that luxury of worrying about it. That was so, just hit me so personally at those testing events, right? Where people are saying, well, I have to get a 
test or I can't go back to work. You know, this is they're in survival mode. Yes, 100%. And so is the Hispanic community in this, is it all over Arizona or just overall? I think the Hispanic community is uh, close to 40%. Okay. Right. And I think probably more in the, definitely more in the urban, Mm -hmm. urban areas than, than the rural areas, but it's, but it's growing. We're going to be a minority majority state within, I believe, like the next five years. Right. And yes. is there much agriculture? Because that's what's coming up for me. Are they agriculture workers, the folks that are working fields? Not so much in Arizona. I know that's big in California. There is a component in throughout Arizona. I mean, cotton is yeah. one of our big crops. There's also a lot of agriculture in other, like around Yuma. Okay. You know, bordering, bordering California. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad your company and organization exists. Oh, so am I. I just, <laughs> I consider what we're doing here at Equality Health. I've had fantastic jobs. I've been a part of fantastic organizations that I'm so proud to say that I worked with, but this is the pinnacle of my career. That's wonderful. Okay. So transitioning to our magical question, this yes. is, and you're in a place that you're already doing a lot of good. So if you could snap your fingers, wave a magic wand, you know, whatever magic trick you'd like could solve a problem in healthcare or health IT, what would you choose to solve and why? Wow, I love those kinds of questions, right? I love to think about the art of the possible because if you don't start there, you're not going to get there. Yep. I think the biggest thing is what you guys are focusing on. It's the healthcare IT. There's so much information in healthcare and we have to find a way to connect it. Yep. We have to find a way for people to get access to the information that they need at the time they need it to make better healthcare decisions now and for the future. I spend so much of my time, it's remarkable really, talking about why we need the data from the health plans. What data do we need to give to the providers? And it, to me, it's basic, Yeah, right? Everybody needs the data. And if we have the data, it's going to leap us into progress in solving this. Our healthcare costs are unsustainable. We have to speed up the transition to value-based care. And only way we're going to do it is through technology and access to information and a lot of patience yes. and dedication in people that are rolling up their sleeves and saying, we can do this. Yeah. What you're bringing up for me is, especially thinking about the data, it's like, it's not data just for the sake of having the data because that's just too much information. It's what questions can you ask for of it? And where can you go when you connect certain pieces of it? Because when you start splicing and dicing and joining and make and literally connecting the dots, then you start to see things that you otherwise didn't have access to and get to solve problems that you couldn't solve before. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I love how you think. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is one of my favorite projects because I get to pick people's brains and ask them all kinds of questions <laughs> and, and literally not just connect the dots, but connect people. 
So if people wanted to, I mean, I feel very inspired by your work. If anybody wanted to work with you or learn from you or get access to, you know, healthy quality, how would they get in touch? Thank you for that. We have a great website, equalityhealth.com. We're very active on social media, you know, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. I'm sure there's Facebook. I'm oh, sure you're doing there's... the Facebook Lives. Yes. Can just the... anybody join those Facebook yes. Lives? Okay. Every, anybody can join the Facebook Lives. And also, I love to hear from people. I'm Lisa Stevens Anderson at Equality Health. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. Joy, I loved the opportunity to tell the story of Equality Health. I love hearing that you're excited and inspired by our vision. It inspires me every single day. Well, thank you for sharing it. This has been a real pleasure. And it's nice to actually be with you in person and see your face. (laughs) I was really looking forward to meeting a new person in person. Exactly. I mean, socially distanced, but hey, this is nice. (laughs) Well, thanks again. Yes. And thank you for listening to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. If you want to know more about us or this guest, check out our website at hitlikeagirlpod.com. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, we'd appreciate a ratings on iTunes or simply tell a friend. You can also connect with us on Twitter or Instagram at the handle hitlikeagirlpod. Thanks again. See you soon. Thank you to Chirpy Bird Health IT Consulting. You can find out more about them at www.chirpybird.com.